Hi, friends. Welcome to the Liz Teach Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for choosing to spend this time with me. Uh, So I have been kind of contemplating this podcast for a couple of weeks. Yes, a couple of weeks. And uh, today I said, I have to sit down and do this. And I'm trying to find my rhythm again as far as posting things. And I think when I started to YouTube, it was throwing me off on my schedule. And so I think what I'm going to do is uh, do weekly podcasts and then maybe once a month do a YouTube. But I'm just going to sit down because this is what is easiest for me. Just sit down in front of a microphone and just pour out my heart with what God has laid on it. And this is simpler for me because I don't have to prepare that much as I have said previously. And too often I leave my notes and things that God has placed on my heart on my desk and don't share because I'm thinking about, my goodness, I got to set up my camera, et cetera, et cetera, or set up my iPad because I'm not even that fancy yet, y'all. And I don't know when I'll get there. So I am going to get back to my consistency of sitting down and just reaching out to y'all every week. And this week I am going to, I don't know if I can say it's a series because it just might be a couple of episodes. It might not be a series, but today I want to, and perhaps next week, talk about leadership And really, God is taking me through a process of repentance, uh, repentance uh, from bad leadership. And when I did not lead well, and of course, hopefully bringing uh, those that listen to a time of repentance. So there's different leaders that we have in our life. There are spiritual leaders, leaders in our homes, and also leaders in our jobs. And so I think that I will probably do, if I take too long with this one, I won't go into the parenting one so that that could be a separate prayer of repentance and of instruction. And that I will probably do next week. I think I can put a little bit about employers here. Uh, but anyway, my the main focus though that God had me focusing on is what I will talk about and pray for today. And it's about spiritual leadership. And so a little bit of my background, I grew up in church. And so uh, since the age of five, I have been in church, in church ministry. And so, and my dad was a pastor and about at the age of 29 was that I started really in leadership. Even though I taught Sunday school when I was 11 years old, uh, I didn't consider myself a leader, but maybe I was, but I was too young to even think about it then. Thankfully, I had a teacher that was with me at all times. So in Jesus name, the seeds planted in my innocence were good and gave good fruit till this day. But as an adult, and when I became a leader, especially as a pastor's daughter, you kind of get thrown into doing a lot of things, and uh, it's very hard to take a breath sometimes. And so 
Of course, my dad did not do this to harm me. My dad did not do this in any way to harm others, but that's just the way it is. If you're a pastor's kid, you're in ministry. And what I have found is that during that time, there was a lot. So I had giftings for sure. I have giftings and dad saw that in me and other people could see that in me. But I think where the disconnect came was that, first of all, was 2930 and definitely had not led in any area of my life before, besides a little bit at my home, but that we will talk about later on because even that I needed a lot of growing up to do. So you harm people when you don't have the emotional maturity or capacity to lead together with your giftings. And so a lot of times we uh, focus on the gifts or somebody's charisma and we are not focusing that they have not developed the character yet to handle what we put in front of them. It was a small church, so it's kind of all hands on deck, right? And I think now of my parents and what they went through, even at the hands of other leaders because of the lack of emotional maturity in them, in leaders, and just that it's so crazy because other pastors were birthed from that um, ministry by the grace of God and because my father just had so much love and one for others and those that he saw leadership qualities. But there wasn't this focus on emotional growth then. That's not what was happening. And so, um, yeah, so anyway, <laughs> there are so many thoughts going through my mind as I process things that that happened. Um, but my dad just loved people. And he, for sure, when he saw gifting in someone, he gave them opportunities. He definitely was not like Saul. If somebody taught better than him, he didn't squish them down. He didn't get jealous. He didn't get frustrated. He had no problems giving up his pulpit even to teenagers, as one teenager in particular who's a pastor of a big church right now, he just saw giftings. So with me, uh, you know, there was a lot of emotional baggage that I was carrying, uh, a spirit of rejection, uh, low self-esteem. And so I took that into my leadership. So anytime maybe my leadership was questioned and not even in a bad way, a hundred percent, not a bad way, but it's good to surround yourself with people that will ask you questions that cause you to grow, that cause you to think. But if you have low self-esteem, if you have spirit of rejection, if you don't feel like you're enough, you take it personally as a dig at you instead of how can I grow from this or, oh, wow, that's a great idea. Why don't you do that? And so if we're in leadership and we're getting our self-esteem by how people perceive us as a leader or, you know, oh, this makes me feel good right there, that's a red flag that your heart is dysfunctional, you know, and we don't know what we don't know. And so now after years of ministry, after years of repentance, after years of forgiveness and years of a process and with the Holy Spirit and therapy, I have been able to recognize these things in myself. Oh my goodness. And let me tell you, it's not fun, right? 
it's not fun to uh, recognize those things in yourself, that you're being Saul and not leading like Jesus, that you are so intent on people recognizing who you are and what gifts you have, or that you will be loved by others, right? At the end of the day, that you will be loved and respected. I think for men, it's that respect. So when somebody they're leading pushes back a little bit, they kind of shut down because they feel disrespected. And this is why I tell all leaders, especially those that believe they're called to be uh, pastors or high level leaders, you know, you need to read this book called Emotional Healthy Spirituality at the very least. There's a book that I'm going to, you know, share with you a couple of things that I read there. It's called Rare Leadership for Uncommon Habits for Increasing Trust, Joy, and Engagement in the People You Lead. Uh, that is also really good. But I think that leaders, or if you feel you're a leader, called to be a leader, you're especially a pastor, a shepherd, you constantly need to be evaluating uh, your emotional health, not being overvigilant where the enemy is condemning you because we there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, but evaluating where you are so that you're blessing people. Because, you know, honestly, my heart was I wanted to bless people. And the more I am in ministry, the more I want to bless people, the more that shepherd's heart is birthed in me where, oh, I don't want to hurt people. I want them because I want them to see Jesus in me. And so if I'm hurting them when they don't have the maturity to handle it, they equate me with God and they step away from church. They step away from their call, their ministry, uh, things that God has for them because of me because of me. And that's a hard truth, right? We don't want to think about that. And in the, in the past, I would say, well, then they don't love Jesus enough. Yeah, maybe they don't because they don't know him well enough and we have to give them grace. And so I hope that today as I'm speaking and as we pray together, if you are, especially a young leader, you will awaken to this. And if you are a leader that puts others in positions be careful of what you do. Uh, it breaks my heart when I see people with such potential, but because they are placed in places of leadership and then they're like, okay, sink or swim kind of attitude they're given by those that put them there. Um, you know, it's so sad because they don't have the capacity to swim. You know, they're just trying to do their doggy paddle, you know? And so we need to take care of people better. It's about the kingdom. And so if we continue to hurt one another, if we continue to hurt those that are less mature than us, if we continue to hurt those that God can use mightily, or we continue to push them aside because we feel some type of way about them, we're hurting the kingdom, of God. We're hurting those that are going to be added to the kingdom or that God wants to add to the kingdom. And a lot of times we have promises from God over our ministries, over our callings, especially churches. If you're leading a church or any kind of group, and we have these promises that God has made of multiplication, of being fruitful, and they don't come to pass. And it doesn't make God a liar. It's that God can't trust us with more because we keep hurting so many people. God can't trust us. 
And we're hurting those that have the capacity to help our ministries grow for God's honor and glory. But we keep pushing them away because of our own uh, lack of awareness of where our heart is or how we feel about something or that we feel less than when somebody else is recognized. Uh, we have the perfect example in David and Saul when David started to have such uh, success in battles. And, and, and that was how they won victories then. It wasn't, you know, filling stadiums or anything like that. It was about how many people you killed and how you got victory for those, uh, for those kings. And, you know, when David would come back from battle, they would pray, they would sing songs you know, Saul has killed thousands, but David has killed 10,000s. And that started to sow a seed in Saul's heart. You know, uh, Saul came from the tribe of Benjamin. And if you read about the tribe of Benjamin, it was the smallest one, you know. So was there a little seed of I am not enough always in Saul's heart that he wasn't able to let go of? And so anything would trigger him to feel like he was less than. And then they're singing this in the streets, like announcing it, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, announcing it on YouTube, <laughs> on social media. David is better than you. Instead of him receiving it, and it, it takes a lot of uh, knowing who you are, right? And knowing how valuable you are to be able to accept that. But instead of saying, wow, David, thank you for the victory that you're giving my kingdom in, in that sense, his kingdom and God's, but you're increasing our victories and thank you. And because David had a heart that loved Saul, he had opportunities to kill him when Saul was persecuting him and trying to kill him. He loved him. So it wasn't even like David was acting any kind of way. Hey, I want to diminish you. And so as leaders, when we diminish others, we need to recognize this. And this is hard. This is very hard. I remember when I used to uh, do retreats, you know, confession time, uh, where, you know, it was just so wonderful doing retreats. And there was a particular person that when she taught of class, like the whole place would erupt, right? And, uh, and I was like, oh, my God, I felt some type of way about it. I did because I wasn't getting that attention and I thank God for the Holy Spirit. And so when it came time to give classes, my flesh wanted to give her something differently. And I then wanted to do the class because I wanted the accolades. Yeah. So when I tell you these things, it's because I've been there. The Holy Spirit has dealt with these things in me. And thank God I never did that because I love God too much and I need his blessing because obviously you see I'm a hot mess and I needed his blessing. I was like, no, I'm going to continue to give her that class. Um, unfortunately, uh, now she has put those gifts to sleep. It's not even serving the Lord, which is the sad part about it. <clears throat> so, you know, sometimes we desire so much to be like someone, but we need to stay in our lane and be who God created us to be because we have no idea what we're desiring. Uh, we have no idea what we're desiring. And so we want to make sure uh, that we are who God says we are. And uh, so, sorry, I'm pausing because I didn't, 
um, put my phone on silent and somebody is FaceTiming me. <laughs> Let me put my thing. I'm sorry, guys. I got distracted. So because it's on my Apple Watch too. Let me take that off so it doesn't disturb me. So it starts to vibrate on my on my hand from the watch. Anyway, so <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I thank God for his Holy Spirit that made me very aware of things that were ugly in my heart and my mind and through healing and finding my identity in God, saying realizing who I am in him. You know, and so when we become leaders, if we've struggled with self-esteem, not feeling like we're enough, we've had trauma in our past because sometimes trauma uh, will cause us to think we're less than because if this person abused me, this person said this to me, then I must be less than. And we don't realize that we carry that then into our leadership and whether you're leading a small group of 10 people or a church of 10,000, we're still leading. And so we need to make sure that we're leading well, right? Why are we doing that? And sometimes it could be so subtle. It's things we say um, and maybe how we dishonor leaders. And then we sow those seeds of dishonor and we kind of reap them later on. And we start to have to go through a, a process of repenting for dishonoring leaders so that we can now be honored. And it's a process, y'all. It's a process. But it's worth it when you see yourself finally being in a position where you're blessing people, you're taking time to really honor everyone, not making exceptions, not having clicks, not, uh, and that, you know, to this day, I think sometimes people see me as a high level leader. I'm like, yeah, I, get, I still get cast aside, but now I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't need to be around you either, you know? Uh, and maybe I shouldn't even say cast aside. That's how the enemy wants me to see it. But then now I see like, no, God doesn't want me in that circle. God doesn't need me to be recognized by that person. God, you know, uh, it's just crazy. The things that I observe and the things that God highlights to me. So I need to stop talking because otherwise I won't be able to pray. But this is just so heavy in my heart, so heavy in my heart. So if from the book, Rare Leadership, uh, rare is an acronym. So each letter stands for something. And uh, it's the four habits of rare leaders. And R is remain relational. Common leaders tend to be problem focused. They are driven by fear of failing to get results and solve problems. Consequently, they value results and solutions more than relationships. This is so awful when we're trying to get uh, results and solutions uh, from a leader that we've placed in a position and we don't even have a relationship with them and we're not even pouring into them. A, act like yourself. As a leader, when I don't know how to act like myself, people don't know what to expect from me. Uh, they never know when I'll be angry or sullen, actions, anxious or upbeat. You know, it, we just need to act like ourselves and be real. R, return to joy. Uh, the leader's ability to return to joy from negative emotions, that helps. Leaders who, experience, who can experience upsetting emotions such as shame, anger, fear, and, and despair, yet possess the skills to recover quickly and help their people recover as well. 
and rare and are rarely overwhelmed by the situations they face. When you're able to face those things well, you're rarely overwhelmed. And E, endure hardship well. Just as a parent can handle more hardship than their child, so an emotionally mature leader can deal with more than one who is with more than one who is a functional child, emotionally speaking. And then the the opposite is sandbox leaders. So sandbox leaders are grown-ups in positions of responsibility whose lack of emotional maturity creates catastrophic consequences with for their unsuspecting followers. The higher a person rises in leadership circles, the more devastating the impact of sandbox leadership can be. That's where you see churches split, affairs occur, leaders burn out, boards feud with staff, a trail of wounded people gets left in the dust. It's the constant wounding, constant, I call it like revolving door churches where, but not just of the people that attend, like people with the capacity to lead and take the ministry somewhere higher. It's a constant revolving door of hurt. And that's not what we want. There was another thing I want to to, to read here about sandbox leaders. Let me see if I find it. I thought I marked it here. Um, I, as I was reflecting on this book again, it really brought to mind uh, important things for me to remember. Okay. I'm not supposed to find it then. <laughs> I thought I marked it, but I didn't because I only have a few minutes. I never like to go past 30 minutes. So I need to uh, be able to pray because I want to pray and lead us to repentance, lead us through a prayer of repentance. Remember, godly sorrow leads to repentance. And that godly sorrow is what Peter felt. Peter felt so sorry and such sorrow for betraying Jesus. And that's why he then had a successful ministry because true repentance means that you're turning around, you're being different. And too often as leaders, we feel bad like Judas did. We feel bad like Judas did, but we don't change. And we and he wound up killing himself. So we don't kill ourselves, but we're, we're killing our ministry. We're killing the people around them. We're killing uh, around us. We're killing their potential. And that's uh, what we don't want. So let's pray. Let's take a few minutes to pray. Uh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you. Oh, Lord, thank you that we can come to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And because of him, we have access to your throne. We thank you for loving us, Father. And right now, we just want to come with humble hearts and hearts that are aware of hurt we have caused. And we want to repent. We are so sorry. We are so sorry for hurting the people that you have placed uh, around us, uh, under our care. We are so sorry that we have hurt them, that we have misused them, that because of our jealousies, our our bitterness, our uh, past uh, issues, past sins, uh, past hurts that we have not put before you, we have just sown that into them. And so our uh, ministry is a ministry that just gives fruit to hurt and abandonment and rejection. And there's no growth, Father. There's no spiritual growth, no emotional growth. So forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, Father. Would you give us another chance to do better? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us and enable us to see what needs to be seen in how we speak to others, how we lead others? 
And Lord, it's not easy to go and ask for forgiveness, but you empower us to do that. And as we ask for forgiveness, we're teaching those we lead the need to then them ask for forgiveness. And Lord, give them a heart to receive our apology and that they would be able to forgive and love us and honor us once again. Father, that we would learn to honor those above us, that if we as leaders want honor, that we would be able to honor those above us by praying for them, forgiving them, loving them. Lord, give us an ear to hear those we lead through your filter, the filter of your Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, that if they come and check us about something, that we wouldn't grab an offense, but that we would actually listen, Lord. Oh, Father, I I pray for leaders uh, that are listening that perhaps have caused harm, that they would not feel guilt and condemnation, but just sorrow so that they could repent and be different. Repent and be different. Help us not to push aside those that do something better than us that they honestly do things better than us, but that we would bring them closer to us, that we would be able to grow from them, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, that we would help those that we put in leadership and not just let them go. Lord, help us also as leaders to seek the one, God. Thank you that you never drop us that you continually seek us, whether it's through others, whether it's through, uh, we hear your voice somewhere, you through a song where you never, never stop pursuing us, Lord. Lord, I ask for forgiveness for those that I have hurt, for those that I stopped pursuing. Father, I thank you that you highlight people to me that I need to ask for forgiveness, Father. Lord, and I forgive those leaders that pushed me aside, that, uh, had issues with me, Lord. And so just pushed me aside. I forgive them, Lord. I forgive them, Lord. And that they would find forgiveness also. I forgive leaders that let me down when my husband passed away. I I forgive them, Lord. I release them from any guilt they may feel. I forgive those that have let my children down in Jesus' name. Help us to forgive, Lord. I forgive those that don't pursue my children, that don't help my children. God, uh, oh Lord, I forgive that leader that said, if they don't want to do it. I'm not going to keep pursuing them. Lord, thank you that you pursue them anyway, Father. Thank you that you keep after them. Thank you that you uh, raise up people to pursue our children, our grandchildren. Lord, that see what you see in them, that are not turned off by their lack of seeking. God, thank you for being so good, being so, so good to us, Father. Oh, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us when we are not uh, good shepherds of those that you have us lead, whether it's five, 5,000, 50,000, whatever it may be, Lord, awaken us, God, to lead like Jesus, that he was gentle and kind. And when he needed to give a strong word, it was through love. It wasn't for his agenda, but your agenda, God. Your agenda, Father, was always about for the Father to be glorified. So let us put our agenda to the side. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the release of guilt. Thank you for the release of shame. Thank you, Father, because there's no condemnation for those that abide in you. And Father, if you stir us up to call somebody, to reach out to somebody, Lord, that we would do that, that we would do that, Lord, that we would ask for forgiveness. 
Father. It's not easy, but thank you that you empower us, Lord. Thank you that because we repent, Lord, our our ministries will be fruitful, whether uh, it's just us podcasts that we do, Father, or it's ministering to thousands, that it will be fruitful because we have hearts that are repented and we see those little ones, Father, that you love and we will not cast them aside. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we repent and we thank you for that you forgive us so we walk in forgiveness and we will be able to forgive others, Father. Thank you that you open the eyes of our heart to see what you want us to see. And it is in Jesus' name we pray and we give you thanks. Amen and amen. All right, my friends, I hope this was helpful. If it was, like it, share it, please. And uh, But don't share it in a shady way. Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> Just share it to your page. <laughs> uh, send it to someone that perhaps is going through some hurt and uh, that they can they can see, yeah, we make mistakes as leaders and we ask for repentance and we hope to do better in Jesus' name. So thank you so much. Once again, this is Liz on the Liz Teach Podcast. Have an amazing day, my friends. Bye-bye.